Hello everybody, this is Larry Morrison, your financial shaman. Welcome to Money Awakenings. In this show, uh, podcast, recording, whatever. <clears throat> Basically, we go for a walk and we talk about money. And we talk about it as a way to open ourselves up to the reality of all that is. To understand our psychology about it, to understand the self, and to understand how we operate with it as human beings. It's a foghorn in the background because we today are going for a walk on a pier in Crescent City, California, right, right below the Oregon border, about 20 minutes away. And I have been going up the coast in the heat of summer, well, I should say heat, in the middle of summer to escape the heat. And because last year at this time, I was stuck in Vegas. If you've ever been in Vegas in July, it is pretty much what the Old Testament describes as hell. It's like living in an oven. It's constantly blowing hot air on you too. It's not just hot, it's blowing hot. Anyway, enough complaining. Grateful for Vegas in the winter. Um, so we're going on a walk and we're gonna talk about money. There's a couple things I want to talk about. We'll see which comes up first and which way we go with this. But let's start. I was just writing um, a chapter in my new book about legacy. Ooh, this one gets me going. So if I start to rant a little bit, that's why. So for those of you who don't know, if this is your first one in, um, I spent the last decade of my life in the financial world. And um, I've learned a lot of things. Made what most people consider a lot of money, lost it, made it, lost it. Lost as if it was mine <laughs> to lose. Spent it is about a better idea. Um, I learned all about investing. So, you know, not that, not that I don't have more to learn in that mental world strategy stuff, but uh, I know a lot of financial strategy. I gravitated to helping people with their debt, became really leading experts in the country on a certain type of debt, help people fix their credit, and take what we can save on their debt and invest it. And so I'm pretty, I, I, I'm known a little in the financial world. And um, I... I sit down and I talk to financial advisors all the time, all the time, every day. And I've done this for years. And so, like, I hear all of the stuff that they tell people about money. And I just patently disagree with a lot of it. Um, on a spiritual level, on an inner level, on a wait a minute, that doesn't make sense level. Because we're running this money game all the way from the economy down to our personal finances in a way that only makes sense to an ego trying to protect itself. What I mean by that is, what would be the point of accumulating a... a um, and here's the thing, and this one I cuss, so, you know, don't have it playing when your little kids are around. Not a lot, but enough to make a point. And what would be the point of accumulating a ton of money unless you were trying to protect yourself from something? Most of the time what I see people do when they're trying to accumulate money is they are trying to win their parents' approval or their own, try to build up their own self-worth through building their net worth. It's probably one of the number one overlaid with the fact that they're trying to protect themselves from mostly uncertainty 
we as human beings are so scared of uncertainty, of the unknown, that we do so many things to protect ourselves far beyond just creating shelter from a future storm. We go deep into this idea that we want to insulate ourselves from any unknowns, any risks, um, any future calamities. And the number one way we do that is through building riches, money, bank accounts, investments. So we can insulate ourselves from the fear of not having enough. And from any kind of future financial collapse, calamity, whatever that might happen. Now what's funny about that is, if there is a financial collapse, most of us <laughs> that we're trying to build money will see their money collapse too. And then you'll have the people, well, you got to put it in hard assets and gold and real estate. It's like, eh, we've seen a real estate collapse, so that's BS. Gold has no intrinsic value whatsoever. So if we ever went to a place that like, completely brought money into a new reality, like a Mad Max style future or something like that, gold has... What do you, you can't drink it. It doesn't provide any of the essential basic needs. Food, water, sleep, air, shelter, right? So that's BS. Gold, like all monies, is just what we agree that it has value. It's an agreement. So what would be the point of accumulating all of this stuff? if it wasn't feeding an ego that was trying to protect itself from future, from fear, from unworthiness, oh, and for the need for approval. Because do you really need a Lamborghini? Does anyone? No. It's a nice car. I'm not talking down about the company. I'm just pulling that out of thin air. But do you need it? Does anybody actually need the car? No. You can get to where you want to go in a lot less. Now, it's an amazing car. <laughs> All the bells and whistles. Very fun. But needing it... People who buy them usually want to feel happy because they have it. And feel worthy that they earned it. You can't see my air quotes. Earned it. I'm not saying that they didn't earn it. What I'm saying is... It's a, it's a way to fill a hole that they have inside of them. And so they can never show off. Like, a, like having a woman with a giant diamond ring. It's a way to show off and say, look at me. I need attention and approval. Because a Honda Civic will get you where you want to go to. Like, there's... You know what I'm saying? Like... There's no difference. And if, if I'm smashing dreams, guess what? That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what this thing is all about. Is cutting the ego down. Shaman means someone who brings the spiritual into the physical. And helps you explore your own spirituality. And bring it forth. So that it is more present in your life. Same as, uh, similar to what a guru would do. I'm not, not anybody's guru or anything, or shaman really. But a guru, what they do is they are a mirror. A good one, not false ones, which there's tons of. They're a mirror to see into you. And if they're good, what they do is they slash at your ego. Because they're trying to show you that that's not you. So they will cut you down. And when you feel ashamed, and when you feel like a parent that's being, like you're a child that's being chastised by their parent, that's not you, that's your ego. Your memory, what an ego is, is a memory of a past trauma or a memory of a past self. And it's not that there's anything intrinsically wrong with ego. A lot of people in the spiritual world, they go to war with their ego. And I did that too for a while. I don't anymore. I recognize it's there. I laugh when it makes decisions for me or reacts the way it does. 
but it's basically my inner child who regularly needs love and attention. Which is fine. As long as I recognize that. If I didn't recognize that, and I thought I was the ego, then I would need a harem of gorgeous women, all the money in the world, power, or what we consider power, which is not really power, but the power to control things and outcomes. Have everybody look at me, I would need fame, right? So that I can gain approval through that. I would need to always be right, so, because if I had to question myself as wrong, that would tear at my ego, right? And on and on and on. So, as long as I'm aware that it's not who I really am, that it is a part of me that needs to be loved and understood, but not run the show. This is what gurus and shamans do. They cut at your ego. And so I'm going to cut at your ego right now. You don't need a fucking Lamborghini. Let's be real. If you put that on your vision board or put that in your future, why? Why do you need it? I guarantee you when you go digging and pulling at that thread, the why will come back with, oh, so I can get pretty girls. Or if you're the opposite sex, oh, so I can show it off and finally gain approval from my parents. Oh, so I can rub it in my neighbor's face, coworker's face. Oh, so I can feel good about myself every time I open a garage. Okay, so that means you don't feel good about yourself right now. It's not that the wanting of it is bad. It's that the thinking you need it to be happy is stupid. You don't. And if there's something that's blocking your happiness and you need to get all the way to a Lamborghini to fill that hole, it'll never be filled. This is why the rich are depressed or drugged. A lot of them. Addicted to a lot of substances. Trying to screw everything that moves because they got to the top of the mountain. And look, I've been there. I know people who are there right now. I spend a lot of time with those people. Not to talk down, not to judge. I just don't want you to have to go through all that bullshit if you don't... If you don't want to, if you want to, I'm going to be the first to tell you there's nothing at the top of the mountain. You will get all the way to the top of the mountain and there's nothing there. We thought it was all about happiness and sunshine and rainbows and peace and I'll finally be happy and understood and loved and bullshit. Absolute nonsense. I've been there. It's not there. Money doesn't buy happiness. You can tell yourself that a million times. But never really believe it. Because if you really believed it, you would stop chasing it, wouldn't you? Instead, you would turn your attention to why am I not happy now or what makes me happy. And go after that as your guiding light. But since we see everyone we know and have been taught since we were children that money is the way to get happiness... We keep doing it. And it's because what everybody else is doing. Even if we see time and time and time again depressed billionaires, suicidal famous people, drugged out of their mind, super rich, (laughs) assholes. Because they haven't fixed the internal problems that went that caused them to go after money, to fill those holes. How many times do we need to see someone like, I don't know, some famous person almost overdosed when they have all this money and this fame and this love. Or that does overdose. Prince Michael Jackson. On and on and on. Heath Ledger. Why are they on fucking pills? You can't tell me it's because of the body. 
I mean, I don't want to go off on that tangent too far, but I'm telling you right now that there's nothing on the top of the mountain. But your happiness is an internal journey. It's got nothing to do with outside stuff. It's got nothing to do with a giant bank account, a house on the beach, all the investments, a safe full of gold, a garage full of cars. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with what's going on internally. And that's where true wealth is at, by the way. True wealth is being able to be connected to all that is completely in the present moment. Living with passion, purpose as a guide. Complete alignment with the body. Not putting poison in it. A clean, clear mind that is there to support you. And an ego that will tell you what they think but not control you. That's wealth. To live with an open heart full of love for everything and everyone unconditionally no matter what. To not worry about what's coming. Because you are centered in yourself. Why would you worry about the unknown if you lived in an unconditionally loving universe. This is what it means to have inner peace. This is true wealth. It doesn't mean we need to meditate all day every day. That's just another way to insulate ourselves from the experience of it. Meditation is amazing connect you to that deeper part of you. I definitely recommend it for an hour to two a day when you can get up that far. When you're ready for that. When you want that. I myself right now is still about an hour a day. Sometimes I'll do two on the weekends. Or I'll do an hour in the morning, an hour at night. Meditate all day would mean that I would be depriving the world of my gifts and search for more gifts. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. So, my point is that this idea of accumulation is ridiculous. So when I sit down with all these financial advisors and talk to them, they keep talking about mind strategies. They're all about strategies for making money. Growing money. Growing riches. This asset. This combination of things. This product spun with this one. This one with a tax depreciation on the back end so you don't, so you keep more of your money. Oh, fancy. I've gone... (laughs) Into the like, I'm talking about like financial geniuses. I'm pretty good because I can understand most concepts. Because everything is all when you understand that every concept that you will ever learn about finance is all about accumulation theory for the most part. Then there are the small few, maybe about maybe about five to ten percent that you'll come across use utilization theory. It's slightly different. It's, it's more than slightly. It's, it's largely different, but still similar. In that the concept is always more is always better. More money is always better. If you understand the concept that more money is always better, when you sit down in a financial, anybody who's talking about finance, you'll get it. They think that more money is always better. That's the gospel. Even though everything I just said about money 
and how it doesn't really get you happiness, they still believe that more is better. Even though when you go deep into the financial um, system, which I have, it doesn't make sense what we believe is money versus what is actually money. What I mean by that is, if I'm going to burst your bubble here, I apologize, but it mean, it needs to be burst. Um, not everybody can be rich in our system. In the current money system we have, now it could be a little bit more evenly dispersed, granted. Like, the top 3% have like 80% of the wealth, that's ridiculous, but just follow me on this. Not everybody can be rich because that's like saying everybody could be famous. If everybody was famous, no one would be famous. Right? So in the current money system, not everybody can be rich. Actually, it kind of depends on most people being in the middle of the road. And there has to be poor and lower middle class and slightly rich upper middle, you know, half a million, million a year. And then the upper echelon. That's how the system is designed. So this whole idea of socialism and all that, and I'm not saying socialism wouldn't work. I fully believe it would. But 100% of all people would have to be on board. If there's even one person that has not come on board and whose ego couldn't handle being the same or that their, some of their money was going to help the poor, it would be screwed. Even though when you talk to the upper echelon, and I have, I've hung out with billionaires, they can't even spend all their money. Now, it still moves around through investments, thankfully. But the personal wealth they've created for themselves, they can't even spend it all. They couldn't spend it all in a lifetime. And you say, well, you can get bigger and bigger things, buy baseball teams and stuff. True. But who... We can't all buy baseball teams either. Football teams, etc. Like... It's just not possible. So, what I'm trying to say is... If you walk into any, if you sit down with any financial advisor, most of them will think and say that more money is better. And so every strategy is built on that belief. And no one's ever questioned it. Except me that I know of. And certain economists. So... Every, uh, th- let me just circle back. Utilization theory is a little bit din- different than accumulation. Accumulation is like, hey, we're going to build a bunch of money that you can spend, you know, 30 years from now in retirement or whatever. <laughs> and everything's about accumulating more and more stuff, bigger houses, um, you know, bigger and bigger trips, blah, 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 blah. nicer cars, yada, yada. Utilization is a little bit different in that you don't sit the money there to grow on itself. You utilize it um, to make more in today. And the adjacent one to that, it even takes it a little bit further, is what I have called the golden goose theory. In that you are the golden goose, not the money itself. And so that the stuff needs to be invested in something you want to pursue and grow. Hello. And you can listen to that podcast on Golden Goose Theory. So that you are the one that is the creator of the value, not money itself. Um, Okay. So now you understand the more is always better. And that's what every financial concept you'll ever hear about is built off of. Okay. Now. Let's talk about legacy. 
This is another lie that is fed to um, the masses in a very deceiving way, too, because it plays off the ego. You see, an ego loves to be the center of attention. It loves to um, think that it's special and unique. And yes, everybody's special and unique, just like a fingerprint. But it wants to be more special. It wants to be famous and rich and have accolades and achievements and all of this shit. But uh, it wants to be remembered as well when it's gone. Most of us understand that we're going to die. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry to burst your bowl on that one too. You're going to die. To live is to die. And life is not... What was that quote from? I think it was from Avengers, actually. Something like... And it's probably some from somewhere else. Something like, life isn't beautiful because it's, it lasts forever. It's like a snowflake or a lightning bolt or a wave on an ocean. It's gorgeous because it ends. It's a moment in time. That's life. So, you're going to die. And it's said that there are two deaths that we all will experience. Though, obviously, I've never died, so how do I know? Or I don't remember. One is the physical death, which we all must go through. The doorway back to spiritual back to spirit and non-physical and then there's the death of the name or what would someone say the second death is the last time anybody speaks your name on the earth and so this idea of legacy is that you're going to build all of these assets over your life, right? You're going to have a giant bank account, tons of land and real estate and stock options and bonds and CDs and accounts and just all gold, all this stuff. And you're going to use a lot of it. Maybe even half, if you're lucky. But you're going to leave it to your children so that they're better off than you were. Isn't that a nice idea? No! No! That's not a nice idea. That's fucking stupid. (laughs) Let me tell you why. The reason is simple. Do you teach a man to fish or do you give a man a fish? The saying goes, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. What you're doing about talking about passing down money is giving them fish. Also that you can protect your ego and wanting to live forever. Have a statue built to you. Well, guess what? We don't care about 200 years ago, 100 years ago. What I mean by that is this. A hundred years from now, you're going to be dead. Unless there's some just gargantuan breakthrough in medical science. A hundred years from now, you're going to be dead, okay? And probably, what, another 50 to another hundred, maybe 200 years from now, you will be forgotten. Your name will never be spoken again. What that means is, given enough time, all of us will be gone and forgotten. And yet the ego wants just to be remembered a little bit longer. But here's this problem with leaving money and the legacy theory. And I'll go off on the reason this comes up a lot is because of John D. Rockefeller. Jesus Christ, this guy. Okay, so that sounds judgmental. I just choose to go a different route. If you like him, you know, 
like all he created for us, because he did a lot, a lot of good and a lot of bad. Um, anyway, so there's no good and bad. There's just is. And there's things for us to evolve beyond. What he did got us here. And now it's time to evolve beyond it, is my point. Okay, so, where was I? All of us have gone 200 years from now. And here's the thing. When I go into a park, typically, and I see a statue or a head, you know, one of those memorial stones, I'll read it and then immediately forget it. Because it has no bearing on the now. Unless it's to bring me some kind of gratitude, it really has no bearing on today. When you're gone, you're gone. And I don't mean that, like, you don't exist anymore as a spirit or consciousness or whatever you believe. I mean, like, no one's going to remember you for the money you leave. Do you really think, if you left, let's say you left $10 million for your kids, like through all of the instruments, investing, accumulation, all that stuff. Do you think that's going to help them or hurt them? You obviously wouldn't leave it to, to them if you thought it was going to hurt them. Even though we've seen what happens, most of us, to trust fund kids, to kids that are handed all the money. To all the infighting. Right? In the family. Who gets what. How it's split up. Wills. All of that. There's like a million movies about this. But okay. You want to leave money for your kids. Why? Why? Ask yourself why. Why do you want to do that? Well, so they have a better life. Better than what? Better than now? So their life sucks now and you want to make it better through money? No, I just mean I want them to, you know, not have to worry about money. Guess what? That doesn't work. More money doesn't make the worry go away. Only internal wealth can do that. Because what you're talking about is having an exterior thing affect the interior. It doesn't work that way. There's always money worry. If you make more money to get rid of the worry, there'll be bigger and bigger worry. Okay. Now, I want to leave my kids money so that, you know, if some unexpected event happens, they'll be protected from it. What unexpected event are you talking about? Catastrophic illness? How is, like, I don't want to keep going down this rabbit hole, but ask yourself why you want to leave your kids money. Because usually it's based on two things. A silly belief that says I have to do better by them than my parents did me, which is ridiculous because your parents didn't do well for you, but you're still fine, right? And then the other one is ego. I want to be remembered. Guess what? Your kids are not going to remember you for the money you leave. Or lack thereof. They're going to remember if you showed up to their you know, soccer games. Their dance recital. Tea club, T-ball practice. They're going to remember you when they got and got their heart broken. What you said to them. What advice you gave. When they got in the, for a boy, probably, I mean, it might happen for a girl too, but when they got in their first fight, what, what, what parenting advice did you give for them when they came across a bully? When they had an asshole boss, what advice did you give them? What life advice did you share? They're going to remember that more than any money you ever leave. And if you're still super obsessed with leaving money behind, just buy a, a giant life insurance policy so that it doesn't stop your own journey. 
you just give a small portion of what you earn over to life insurance, bam. Now when you're gone, they have money. Done. Problem solved. Now you don't need to accumulate all this wealth to leave behind. So ridiculous. Okay. So, legacy. When we talk about legacy, and when I started was I was talking about protecting your, using money to protect yourself from fear, basically, around money or any kind of what you are afraid of, of some kind of financial trauma. Or just insulate yourself from having to do anything and give to society. Like, I, I, I want to retire early. Why? What are you doing now that sucks? Anyway. So, my, my bigger point is that the only reason to, to use accumulation theory and accumulate a bunch of stuff is if you don't know what to do with your life. If you have no purpose in life, then that makes sense. But if you know your purpose, if you've been gifted with that, then accumulating money for the future makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. If you know what you're put on this earth to do now, you want to utilize everything to get you connected and on the path. This is why Golden Goose Theory is so important. When you have purpose and you're utilizing the gifts on yourself to grow more connected. When you're growing the skills that are needed to realize the purpose. Then you will have more wealth because you'll be creating more value for yourself and for the, you'll be giving your gifts to the planet. So I'll be happy to hand over money for that. We see this all of the time with people that have connected with their gift for like singing, right? Or something like that. And they have a gift, they're giving it to the world, and we're happy to hand over money to hear it. And the more they develop the gift, the better they become, the more people hear about them, so on and so forth. This is what I call time value of self. Similar to the Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule, but I'm getting on a tangent. Okay, legacy. So, typically, the only reason, well, okay, there's a couple, but most of the time, you have good intentions for wanting to leave money behind. But my point here is wouldn't it be much more valuable to leave behind a child, a human being that knew their purpose? and could act upon it, could realize it. You see, like I said, they're going to remember more than the money, a lot more. And the real gift of evolution is to be able to pass on what you have learned. So wouldn't it make way more sense, instead of leaving money behind, to leave behind all of the skills, maybe that's not the right word, all of what you've learned about growing wealth for yourself. This is beautifully executed, though obviously mental strategy, by Rich Dad Poor Dad Robert Kiyosaki. He showed us not only the importance of what we're teaching our kids about money, which still has not been fully adopted, the fact that the school system's not going to do it because that's not their job. It's the parents' job. Because that's evolution. You're going to pass down 
you know, the difference between right and wrong. You're going to pass down. Um, and there's a whole, I could go off on a tangent on that. But you're going to pass down, you know, how to treat other people. What's important in life, right? You're going to pass those things down. So why wouldn't you pass down purpose? Because purpose is going to create more wealth, a more abundant journey in your child's life than any amount of money that you could leave behind. This is why I get all honest. This is why I get all passionate about legacy. It's like, everybody wants to be John D. Rockefeller and have this giant billion dollar, you know, multi-multi-billion dollar fund that his heirs can access to help with their life. (sighs) What if you passed on the ability and the importance of living an abundant life with purpose and passion? And those kids gave us those gifts that they were tapped into. And then they passed it on to their kids. And theirs, so like we could spread a legacy of aware, awake, connected, guided human beings. Rather than passing on money. (sighs) Again, if you want to pass on money, just buy life insurance. So... I'm not saying it's like, oh, you know, we need to change tomorrow. Fine, you know, this is going to be, it's going to take however long it takes to for us to realize that money isn't, the, money isn't happiness. You, you believe you're passing on money because you believe you're passing happiness on. Even though anybody who's gotten any kind of inheritance is going to tell you that that's not really what it's all about. And B, if you're passing on a big inheritance of money, You know that the kids have to know what they're doing with it, right? In two ways I mean this. One, if if they don't know how to invest or uh, how to protect it from taxes, for instance, the money's going to get chewed up and it's going to be gone. That's just the strategy portion of it. Then you have this thing called dead hand control, which is the most obnoxious thing. Okay. If you didn't know, this is what this is what dead hand control is. Basically, you leave a giant pot of money in the form of a trust. Or, you know, there's a couple other instruments. But you leave it in the form of a trust, and you can, before you die, you leave the trustee instructions on when the money is to be released. And what I mean by that is, you don't release the money when you die to your kids. You can like release it when, you know, Sally graduates college. Or, you know, when they get married. Or when they're trying to buy their first house. And things like this. Which makes sense to somebody who wants to control their kids after they're fucking dead. Like, how do you know that the kids are ever going to get married? How do you know that college is for them? Like, you're trying to control their financial future and their life from beyond the grave after you're dead, from the consciousness that you are now, not knowing what the hell is going to happen to that kid in the future. Because you have the best of intentions. So fucking stupid. I get it. We're all just trying to do the best we can for our children. And some people thought up these instruments to do that. But to me, from where I'm standing, it's absolutely asinine. Like, how are you going to know That the money is going to help them or hurt them. You don't. I guarantee you. 
no matter what, purpose will always help. Giving your child purpose will always help them. And I don't mean giving them your purpose. I mean helping them uncover their own. We were all brought here for a reason. And if you think it's to make and accumulate money, you're fucking insane. Really? I went off on this the other day, but I'll do it again. Maybe there's a new listener on that's sat with me for 45 minutes. (laughs) So let's get this right. Whether you believe in God or the Big Bang, all of these crazy things had to happen over eons, millions of years, to create universes, stars, galaxies, gravity, forces, planets. Then there had to be the Goldilocks zone, which is a planet with water on it and ice, ice, water, whatever, you know, the three elements of water, solid, liquid, gas, and had to be close enough to the sun to create all three in an abundance where a nurture could grow. Nurture. Nature could grow. And then all of that had to happen. And then there had to be sentient life. A life with consciousness that becomes aware of its own thinking. And you're telling me all of that was created or, you know, evolved for us to make money? Are you stoned? That's impossible. That's not the reason we're here. All of us, I truly believe, have been given a purpose. When I found mine, it's the reason you're listening to this stuff. And maybe on the next one I'll go off on how we can discover it. But if you leave your child with the ability to find their purpose and understand that abundance is not about holding on and accumulating stuff or money, it's about living that truth and giving that gift to the earth, then you will have left a legacy that will live on for generations if and only if there's a catch but it's a good one you cannot teach purpose with words you have to teach purpose by leading by example it is the only way And I can say that from where I am right now living my own. And I can fully admit I'm not living it day to day. Right now. It's mostly weekends and evenings and mornings. I still have a job in the financial world, like I said, helping people with money. So... You know, they dovetail a little bit. I can have these conversations with a lot of people about money, but it's not fully. Anyway, I'm not going to tangent. You have to live. (laughs) You have to live it to show it to your kids. To pass on a legacy, you have to find your own purpose and show them how you did it. You they have to walk in not the same footsteps, but similar steps. Because. For any of you that have children, you'll understand that you can say something to them and they'll just completely brush it off. But if you show it, it's monkey see, monkey do. They will adopt 
more of what you do. And we see that when we go to unravel our own money beliefs that our parents gave us. Like my dad, he, he didn't really talk about money at all. He basically taught me two things. He said, um, you know, money is taboo to talk about, which is probably why I never got any lessons. And also, um, that rich people are to be revered and they're blessed by God, basically. But he was fully bought in to this lie that money equals happiness. Hook, line, and sinker. And so I thought so too. Because I watched him do it. Mom had a whole other set of beliefs and I'm sure you'll hear them if you haven't already. But we adopt more of the principles, not so much that we heard, but that we saw and experienced. So you have to lead by example. There is no other way. So if you want to leave a legacy for your children, that is about living in abundance, alignment, with true power, true wealth. You're going to have to find it for yourself. And I can honestly tell you it doesn't matter your age, where you're at in life, or even if you have kids. You don't have kids... People and children of the earth that you do are around will take notice. Trust me. It's happening to me. And I don't have kids. Yet. I don't know. Whatever. So, you got to live it. And all of the children of the earth will benefit from it. Hopefully, the sooner the better. It's broken from someone who loves you very much and appreciates that you would sit here for 53 minutes and listen to me rant about the ridiculousness of leaving money as legacy. Many different waves on the same ocean. Good journey, my friends.